Hi, everyone, and welcome to audio note number 17. My name is Andrew Robinson. Hope you are all doing well. And in the last audio note, I began to talk about your nature because it is about 50% of what informs your behavior and how you show up every single day. The other half is your narrative, which we will get to next. But as you know, there are dozens of assessments out there that try to help us clarify our nature. In the last audio note, I talked you through five voices, but you're probably familiar with a lot of other assessments. They're all aiming at the same thing, which is trying to help us identify our unique temperament. The companies that we work with invariably draw from a variety of different assessments for that purpose. In fact, I recently spoke to a leader in a global technology company that said that they're using more than 80 different assessments. He wasn't bragging. This was a huge problem, actually, because there were so many different languages around different assessments. When we start working with a company that has been using different assessments, we always ask, so what did you do with the insights that you gained from these assessments? Because they all provide insights. But usually after asking that question, there's a fairly long pause because the value they gain from these assessments typically has a short half-life. They might print out the findings or tape them up on the office door or have some colored blocks on their desk, something like that. But they rarely sustain the value and the insights that they gain from these assessments, many of which cost hundreds or even thousands of dollars. If you've implemented some of these assessments, you know what I'm talking about. Your nature isn't a novelty. And listen, don't get me wrong. I am really glad for the insights that people gain through these assessments, but they shouldn't have such a short shelf life. The value that we gain from these insights around our nature should grow and scale over time, not diminish and ultimately disappear. It's you we are talking about, like literally 50% of you. So my hope for you is as we begin to explore your narrative is that you continue to clarify your nature. It doesn't just stop here. So I won't take the time to go into a lot of detail here around five voices because I actually don't need to. It's all on the giant platform. I provided a link last time in the show notes. And what I would encourage you to do is spend some time on that platform, particularly in the library, and there you will see different videos around your unique voice order. You'll see videos on weapon systems and so forth that I pointed out. Spend some time there. If you want to go deeper, notice that there's a training called Altitude Training. That's a 51-session process that we use with our small groups. And that will take you through essentially like a year-long process that oftentimes will extend to more like 18 months or two years. And if you're interested in that and would like a facilitator, don't hesitate to reach out. Happy to connect you with someone that can walk you and your team through that. But one of the greatest joys is literally through this work, I get to see people come alive. And it's not that they don't know they have unique gifts and tendencies that come with their unique leadership voice. At some level, these don't come as a surprise, but they usually dismiss and undervalue those gifts. It's kind of like, ah, shucks, well, isn't everyone good at that? But the process and resources on this platform truly unlock their ability to recognize and leverage these attributes and put them into practice. And I trust and hope that they will do the same for you. So if you ask the groups that we work with the same question that I ask new clients when I say, like, what did you do with the insights you've gained? When it comes to five voices, there would still be a pause, but only because 
they wouldn't even know where to start explaining how this process continues to transform them as individuals, as teams, both in their professional and their personal lives. So again, I just want to encourage you to continue to pursue your awareness of your nature through Five Voices and through that giant platform. That's my hope for you. Again, your nature, I will fight for this, your nature is not a novelty. This is core to who you are. And it's critical that you come to appreciate and recognize this. There's nothing trivial about it. But there are a couple things that may inhibit you from truly embracing your unique voice. Namely, shame and same. Here's what I mean. Shame, remember we talked about this in the 631. Shame is that tendency to ask, what's wrong with me? As you deepen and clarify your understanding of your nature an image emerges in the mirror that's truly unlike anyone else. That's how you know you are doing this work and you're really digging into it. That's because you're looking at someone that's truly unlike anyone else. And what's strange is how quickly we dismiss that image that begins to materialize in front of our eyes. Instead of embracing the beauty and the complexity of our nature, we blur it, we blunt it, we dismiss that image. How is it that we can feel so wrong about the things that are actually so right about us? That's shame talking when we feel that way. Of course, we can also flip, and we talked about this in 631, we can flip and we go from shame all the way to pride, in which case we don't ask what's wrong with me, we ask what's wrong with everyone else, why can't they be more like me, right? And you'll recall that shame and pride are two sides of the same coin. Shame and pride both keep us, however, from fully embracing our authentic self. I mentioned that there are two factors, there's shame and then there is same. Some people call same the tall poppy syndrome. So if you rise above the rest of the poppies, other people are going to come along and cut you down. Like how dare you rise above everyone else? So if you strive to truly own and express your authentic nature, just expect to experience some pushback, some some resistance that may be coming from within you. In the case of shame, it may be coming from outside of you in other people. Why? Because your growth and courage guaranteed will threaten other people. It just highlights the vested interest they have in not doing the necessary work to develop selfship. So in a sense, they feel convicted through your work. Fortunately for you and I, there are others out there that have done the work that's necessary to develop selfship. These people Instead of being the tall poppy, they cut you down. These people actually recognize and celebrate the growth in you. They're not threatened by it because they've done the work themselves. They're encouraged and challenged by it. So surround yourself with these people. Okay, are you ready to put this into practice? Write this down on a piece of paper. You ready? I tend to be better than most people at fill in the blank. Can you complete that sentence? Again, I tend to be better than most people at, how would you fill that in? Okay, what are you better than most people at? Write that down. Notice that this exercise brings something up in you. Was it difficult or was it easy to complete this exercise and why? So maybe you already have something in mind. 
Maybe you're going through five voices and it's helped you become more aware of your unconscious competence. Maybe someone has made a compliment to you at some point that that really stuck with you. Whatever it is, just write it down. And next, if you want to level up, share it with someone else that you trust. Not just anybody, but someone you trust. And blame it on me. You can say, like, listen, I'm listening to this podcast and this guy (laughs) had us do this exercise where we write this thing down. We're supposed to share it with someone. Would you, you know, do me a favor, do me a solid and let me share this with you. I'm sure they'll let you do it. But notice what's happening within you. That's the whole point. I recently challenged a small group with this task, and it was amazing because we had these huge whiteboards, and we actually filled them up with these people's superpowers. So they wrote down things like, I make people feel safe, or I have this uncanny ability to synthesize complex ideas, or I say difficult things in a way that people will hear. We had one person say, I process data, tasks, and details better than most people. What is it for you? Just think about it. What are you better at than most people? I'm not talking about necessarily like the fact that you can like, whatever, you you have some sort of amazing drive off the tee and you can hit it 340 yards. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about these innate, natural gifts that you have within yourself. Most people don't rush into this challenge, and there's a good reason for that. Some people don't know their superpowers, or they even think they don't have any, or very many of them. But when I dig deeper, what I discover is that what they're really afraid of isn't that they don't have superpowers, it's that they actually do. And what are the implications for having those superpowers? It's truly amazing to see the lengths that we will go to avoid seeing the authentic self that we were made to be. This reaction reflects a deep-seated allergy. It's an allergy that we have to ourselves. My personal mission statement is to confront people with the self that God has made them to be. And that's all I'm doing here. But I know this confrontation is going to include an allergic response. We all share the same allergy. And my hope is that this process will help you normalize and embrace this allergy. Just like you might have an allergy to peanuts or pollen, whatever it is. You have to ultimately learn to live with that, right? And it's no different with this allergy. So I actually had someone recently compliment me in front of a group of people And the compliment was not only really specific, it was fairly long. (laughs) So if you've ever had someone do that for you, it's not the most comfortable thing. And he detailed a number of different competencies that he sees in me and how they've impacted him. And I could literally feel this allergic reaction taking on within myself. Everything within me wanted to avoid and deflect his comments. Internally, I looked like Neo, like from the Matrix, dodging bullets in that scene. I could feel my allergy kicking in, and I chose in that moment, once I recognized that I was dodging the bullets, to actually stand up and just let the bullets hit me. I was like, you know what? This person's paying me a compliment. They're pointing out natural competencies. I feel that allergy coming, but I'm going to stand up and just embrace that because ultimately, that's what this person wants, right? It's a gift to them to allow those compliments to settle in, and it's really good insight for me to know what it's like to be on the other side of me. In this case, for good, but in other cases, hey, maybe they had some constructive criticism. But that's actually, in many ways, easier to hear than when people actually recognize our innate nature, those core unconscious competencies. This is a critical thread that we're going to trace for the rest of our journey through selfship. 
This allergy to the truth about ourselves will come up as we go through our narrative as well. It's not just our nature. Not only do we struggle to embrace our nature, our superpowers, our temperament, we have a natural inclination to disown our narrative as well. We'll get to that down the road. So if you're remotely unsure what I mean when I say we have an allergy, put this audio notes exercise into practice. Identify what you're extraordinarily good at and share it with someone else. Be really specific. And if you're honest, pay attention because you're going to feel your allergy kick in. Hives and all, right? So be ready for it. That's all part of the process. That's all part of your journey towards selfship. So until next time, wherever you are right now, I'm so glad that you are here. 